Hey guys, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with this psychic sister. This is Katie Weaver, and I'm here for our Friday pop-up show. I hope that you all are well, and I'm excited to get to kick off Friday with a little fun here. So, you know, here on the show, Christy and I, we occasionally have a little fun with uh, some of the attorneys that we are witnessing these days and some of the hilarity that has ensued. I think it makes sometimes these really heavy cases a little uh, lighter. But I found a book and an article that brought us some other times that hilarious things were captured in court. Sometimes it makes you wonder how the court reporters don't just laugh out loud. Then again, maybe they do. Maybe we need to find a court reporter to uh, interview, right? (laughs) Well, there is a gentleman who compiled a book. Charles Sevilla wrote a book called Disorder in the Court and has provided us, uh, after many, many hours of research, some of the funnier exchanges in court. Now, I'm not going to lie. I kind of expect that we're going to, you know, hear a few things like this with... uh, (laughs) when we get a little deeper into the Vallow case, but, you know, we'll see. At any rate, I thought it might be kind of fun this morning to kick off Friday with some hilarious moments in court. The attorney said, doctor, before you performed the autopsy, did you check for a pulse? The witness, no. Attorney, did you check for blood pressure? Witness, no. Attorney, Did you check for breathing? Witness, no. Attorney, so then it is possible that the patient was alive when you began the autopsy? Witness, no. How can you be so sure, doctor? Witness, because his brain was sitting in a jar on my desk? Attorney, I see. But could the patient have still been alive nevertheless? Witness, fed up, says, yes, it is possible that he could have been alive and practicing law. (laughs) I can think of a couple attorneys we could hear a question like that out of. That's all I'm saying. I'm not naming names. Their name doesn't rhyme with jeans. (laughs) Okay. Lawyer, now, sir, I'm sure you are an intelligent and honest man. Witness, thank you. If I weren't under oath, I'd return the compliment. (laughs) Attorney, doctor, how many of your autopsies have you performed on dead people? Witness, all of them. The live ones put up too much of a fight. (laughs) That one cracks me up because it's such a dad joke. You got to think that he said that lots of times before. And, uh, you know, the attorney just opened the door for him to lay it out there yet again. Attorney. She had three children, right? Witness, yes. Attorney, how many were boys? Witness, none. Attorney, were there any girls? Witness, your honor, I think I need a different attorney. Can I get a new attorney? (laughs) Attorney, how was your first marriage terminated? Witness, by death. Attorney, and whose death was it terminated by? Witness, uh, take a guess. (laughs) Attorney, 
The young, youngest son, the 20-year-old, how old is he? Witness, he's 20, much like your IQ, apparently. Attorney, now doctor, is it true that when a person dies in their sleep, they don't know it until the next morning? Witness, did you actually pass the bar exam? Attorney, do you recall the time that you examined the body? Witness, the autopsy started around 8.30 p.m. Attorney, and Mr. Denton was dead at the time? Witness, well, if not, he was by the time I finished. Now, there have been a couple of cases in the news uh, as of late. I... Uh, of people being, uh, you know, hauled off to for an autopsy and, and actually were alive. It happens. It's extremely rare. But it's possible that it could happen. And so I don't want to say it never goes on because uh, we know it does. But at the same time, that would be a really rare event. And it cracks me up that we're constantly hearing these questions here from the court about uh, whether or not someone was alive in all of these autopsies. Is that really such a question? <laughs> Attorney, all of your responses must be oral, okay? Now, what school did you go to? Witness, oral. <laughs> See, that seems like what a, like a 13-year-old would do, right? Attorney. Were you present when your picture was taken? Witness, are you shitting me right now? <laughs> Attorney, so the date of conception of the baby was August 8th. Witness, yes. Attorney, and what were you doing at that time? Witness, um, getting laid. <laughs> Lawyer, what happened then? Witness. He told me, he says, I have to kill you because you can identify me. Lawyer. And did he kill you? Witness. No. <laughs> Attorney. Are you sexually active? Witness. No, I just lie there. I don't know how a court reporter could hear that and not at least snicker a little bit. You know, that's my thoughts. I don't think I could hear that and not laugh out loud. Okay. Attorney, what was the first thing your husband said to you that morning? Witness, he said, where am I, Kathy? Attorney, and why did that upset you? Witness, my name is Susan. Lawyer. Can you describe what the person who attacked you looked like? Witness, no, he was wearing a mask. Lawyer, what was he wearing under the mask? Witness, oh, his face? <laughs> Probably another mask, right? I'm guessing it was a double masker. Lawyer, trooper, when you stopped the defendant, were your red and blue lights flashing? Witness, yes. Lawyer, did the defendant say anything when she got out of her car? Witness, yes, sir. Lawyer, and what did she say? 
witness, what disco am I at? That doesn't make you look like a drunk driver at all. Not a bit. Lawyer, doctor, did you say he was shot in the woods? Witness, no. I said he was shot in the lumbar region. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really good. Attorney, this myasthenia gravis, does it affect your memory at all? Witness, yes. Attorney, and in what ways does it forget your affect your memory? Witness, I forget. Attorney, you forget? Can you give us an example of something you forgot? <laughs> oh, yikes. Lawyer, any suggestions as to what prevented this from being a murder trial instead of an attempted murder, murder trial? Witness, uh, I think it's because the victim lived. <laughs> Maybe. That might be it. I don't know. It could be something else. I don't know what. Okay. Attorney, what gear were you in at the moment of impact? Witness, uh, Gucci sweats and Reeboks. <laughs> Lawyer, you say the stairs went down to the basement? Witness, yes. Lawyer, and these stairs, did they go up also? Yeah. Yeah, they go up and down. That's what stairs do that. Lawyer, are you married? Witness, no, I'm divorced. Lawyer, and what did your husband do before you divorced him? Witness, a lot of things I don't know about. <laughs> There's a reason for that divorce. Lawyer, what is your brother's in-laws, your brother-in-law's name? Witness, Borofkin. Lawyer, what's his first name? Witness, I can't remember. Lawyer, he's been your brother-in-law for years and you can't remember his first name? Witness, no, I tell you, I'm too excited. Rising and pointing to his brother-in-law, Nathan, for heaven's sake, tell them your first name. <laughs> A little intimidated in court, maybe? <laughs> Someday I'll tell you guys about the time that I uh, got up in front of a crowd in front of Doreen Virtue and uh, spelled my name wrong. It happened. <laughs> How old is your son, the living one? 38 or 35, I can't remember which. How long has he lived with you? Witness, uh, about 45 years. Mm-hmm. Lawyer, how far apart were the vehicles at the time of collision? Hmm. I mean, I'm not an expert in this, but I have an idea. Lawyer, were you acquainted with the deceased? Witness, yes, sir. Lawyer, before or after he died? <laughs> wow. Was this some kind of a... Aeons, maybe? Brought a medium in? I mean, what kind of questions are these? Attorney, are you qualified to give a urine sample? 
witness said, well, I don't know. Are you qualified to ask that question? Lawyer, did he pick up the dog up by his ears? Witness, no. What was he doing with the dog's ears? Witness, picking them up in the air. Lawyer, where were the dog's ears at the time? Oh, where was the dog at this time? Witness, attached to the ears. <laughs> Lawyer, and also picking a dog up by its ears, uncool. Lawyer, you were there until the time you left. Is that true? No, I stayed 30 minutes after I left. Come on, man. <laughs> Lawyer, did you ever stay all night with this man in New York? Witness, I refuse to answer that question. Lawyer, did you ever stay all night with this man in Chicago? Witness, I refuse to answer that question. Lawyer, did you ever stay all night with this man in Miami? No. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Lawyer, have you lived in this town all your life? Witness, not yet. <sighs> Again, that seems like a snarky answer from like a 13-year-old. Lawyer, how many times have you committed suicide? Witness, four times. Well, okay then. Lawyer, were you alone or were you by yourself? I mean, is this a trick question or? Lawyer, and what did he do then? Witness, he came home and the next morning he was dead. Lawyer, so when he woke up the next morning, he was dead? Yeah, that's how that happens. Yep. Because he was a zombie. Attorney, what is your date of birth? Witness, July 8th. Attorney, what year? Witness, every year. <laughs> Lawyer, could you see him from where you were standing? Witness, I could see his head. Lawyer, and where was his head? Witness, just above his shoulders. <laughs> you have to wonder, are people just messing with these attorneys or are these serious answers? I'm thinking a little bit of both. Lawyer, realizing he was on the verge of asking a stupid question, Your Honor, I'd like to strike the next question. <laughs> Lawyer, can you tell us what was stolen from your house? Witness, there was a rifle that belonged to my father that was stolen from the hall closet. Lawyer, can you identify the rifle? Witness, yes, there was something written on the side of it. Lawyer, and what did the writing say? Witness, Winchester. <laughs> That'll clear it up. That'd be the only rifle in the world with a Winchester written on the side of it. Lawyer, do you have any children or anything of the sort? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yes. What does that mean? Dogs, cats, monkeys, zombies? I'm not really sure what that means. Lawyer, Mr. Slattery, you went on a rather elaborate honeymoon, didn't you? Witness, I went to Europe, sir. Lawyer, and you took your wife? No. Why would he take his wife? Customarily go on a honeymoon alone. 
<laughs> Lawyer, officer, what led you to believe the defendant was under the influence? Witness, because he was argumentary and he couldn't pronunciate his words. <laughs> oh, dear. We might have a problem. Lawyer, did you blow your horn or anything? Witness, after the accident? Lawyer, before the accident. Witness, sure, I played for 10 years. I even went to school for it. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Lawyer, you don't know what it was and you didn't know what it looked like, but can you describe it? Sure. Yeah, why not? Everyone can do that. Lawyer, and you check your radar unit frequently? Officer, yes, I do. Lawyer, and your radar unit was functioning correctly at the time you had the plaintiff on radar. Yes, sir, it was malfunctioning correctly. Big yikes. Somebody got out of their ticket. That's my prediction. Attorney, is your appearance here this morning pursuant to a deposition notice which I sent to your attorney? Witness, no, this is how I always dress when I go to work. <laughs> Lawyer, do you drink when you're on duty? Witness, I don't drink when I'm on duty unless I come on duty drunk. So there you go. There's a big difference. Lawyer, so you were gone until you returned? No, no, I was not. I was gone. And then I returned. No, wait. Yeah, that doesn't work. I think that's the way it works. <laughs> Again. I suspect that when we get a little deeper into the Dave Valvalo trial, we're going to hear a lot more like that. Uh, these, of course, did not come from uh, those attorneys. They came from others. But I just thought it was funny. Uh, there, uh, there's quite a bit of, uh, you know, disruptive kind of funny things that happen in the courtroom. But there's also a lot of times where people have chosen to not have a lawyer because they think that they can do it better themselves. Yeah, and there have been some pretty notorious cases where uh, criminals represented themselves. Sometimes that gets pretty funny too, but it's also fairly chilling. In the case of Dylan Roof, do you guys remember Dylan Roof? He shot nine parishioners in a black church in Charleston, and he is representing himself. Ted Bundy, you know, we all know Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, actually represented himself in court and wit questioned witnesses that were there to testify against him. Can you imagine that? As we know, Bundy was eventually, uh, you know, convicted and executed. He may have been wise to, you know, have representation, but Bundy always thought he was smarter than everybody else in the room. Colin Ferguson was a man who killed six and gunned down dozens more on the Long Island Railroad in 1993. And he, too, insisted on representing himself, stood in the courtroom and questioned witnesses who were there to testify against him, who were identifying him as the shooter. He, too, was convicted. Are we seeing a trend here? It doesn't work. Don't represent yourself, stupid. Uh, he is serving out a life sentence of 315 years. 
kind of feel like uh, he's not going to go anywhere. Then we have Wasim Daker. So he was found guilty of the 1995 murder of a Delta flight attendant named Carmen Smith and repeatedly stabbing her five-year-old son. He represented himself in court. By the time the five-year-old was actually, this made it into court and he questioned him, he was 18 years old. So it happened 13 years before. So this 18-year-old kid whose mother was murdered and he was stabbed repeatedly had to go to court, sit on the stand, and be questioned by the very person who stabbed him and killed his mother. What? And again, it didn't work. He's in prison forever. And then we have Zacharias Masuari. You guys remember this guy? He was charged in the 9-11 attacks. And at first uh, was, you know, pleading not guilty and trying to distance himself. And then suddenly made a hard left and pled guilty and admitted that he was a part of Al-Qaeda and took his medicine. So he's serving six life sentences without parole in Supermax in Colorado. And then we have John Allen Muhammad. He's a Baton Rouge native. He and his partner were convicted for the 2002 Beltway attacks, the Beltway sniper attacks in D.C. We've talked about these a little bit in the past. and. He insisted on defending himself. He gave his opening argument, decided he was in over his head, and rehired the counsel he had previously fired. He got convicted. Then we have Lenny Bruce. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Lenny Bruce case. I think the Lenny Bruce case is super sad because Lenny Bruce was a comedian. And he was really raunchy for the time. He was back in the 50s and 60s. And he'd been charged and been in trouble several times for uh, basically being too raunchy on stage and, you know, causing the stir. So he actually, so he'd been charged with obscenity multiple times. So he decides to represent himself and he shouldn't have because he didn't appeal on the First Amendment. Basically, his whole defense was that this was bullshit and not fair, but he didn't uh, come in with a legal argument, which was the First Amendment and may very well have gotten him off. But he didn't. He did get convicted. He ended up spending four months in Rikers. I came out of there a morphine addict and died a year later. So this one is particularly sad because he was brilliant. He was good friends with George Carlin. And, you know. The world needed him. And it's really sad because I think if he had had an attorney that could have made a better defense, maybe he wouldn't have ended up in Rikers where, you know, his life really went off the rails. But at any rate, it seems as though defending yourself might not be the right choice. However, we do have that right in this country. So there you have it. Some of the courtroom hijinks that I pulled up for you this morning. And like I said, I think we're going to see a whole lot more coming as we have a whole lot of Valo stuff coming up. And that seems to be the case that has brought us uh, unlimited comedic value, you know, along with a lot of horror and disgust. But um, we'll see what happens. 
So you guys, happy Friday. I hope that you have a wonderful weekend. I hope you find some ways to have fun. I hope you find some ways to get out of the house. And more than anything, I hope you take care of yourselves. And don't do anything you don't want to do, right? For once. <laughs> You're like, that's it. I'm leaving work right now. I'm out. I was told. That's right. <laughs> All righty, guys. Take care. Have a great day. You have been listening to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.